This is it, people. This is what you've been waiting for. This is Everyday Celebrity Podcast. The podcast for everyday people with everyday problems trying to find everyday solutions to accomplish everyday goals. Let's start the show. You, everybody, welcome, welcome again to Everyday Celebrity Podcast. This is episode five. Um, this is a first. This is a first for me. This is a first for this podcast. Uh, when I say first, is because someone is popping my cherry right now. <laughs> <laughs> I have my first woman guest. Uh, yeah, cool chick. Uh, don't really know much about her, but we about to dig deep. We about to dig deep in her life, her past history and shit, or whatever she wants to share with us. Um, the reason for me inviting her on the show is because I wanted to talk to her about Burning Man. Uh, Burning Man, for all y'all don't know, I mean, I believe everyone already knows what the fuck Burning Man is, but it's a big festival. Um, that she invited me to, so I'm like, why not hear from the <laughs> horse's mouth what it's about before go. I deep dive into it. Um, I believe it just ended, but um, yeah, the next go-around, I plan on going and probably doing a podcast there. So let me introduce this lovely woman. Her name is Jenny. Uh, is that what you want to be called? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jenny? that works. Okay. All right, Jenny. Um Say hi to the people. Hello, people. My name is Jenny, short for Jennifer. And where are you from, Jennifer? Uh, I grew up in Sacramento and currently living in Oakland, California. Okay. California born and raised native. in Sacramento? Uh, yep, born and raised in Sacramento. Nice. And Sacramento's really not that far from Oakland, so it's not really like a big change of like... Um, yeah, I like... I like going from like... Uh, fucking Montana to California? No, definitely not like... Well, sometimes it feels that way, but uh, no. Okay, and why did you move? Um, I moved for school. Actually, I went to college in San Francisco. Um, I studied anthropology, got that degree, realized I didn't know what I was doing with myself. Then I got yeah. another degree in math, and I was a math teacher for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I decided to stay, moved to Oakland, and here I am. So you're a mathematician? I am a mathematician. I really dig math. That's weird as fuck, cuz. A, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people, I only know one person who, uh, actually I know two people. I know one person who's studying math right now at UC Berkeley. And then I know oh, wow. one who, uh, who has, I think she has like a master's or some shit in mathematics. Is it called mathematics? I have a degree in mathematics? It's that's a what it's math. M- Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and she's uh she's weird as fuck. I mean, she's not weird, but she's like No, she's we're like, a weird breed. I mean, like I get my friends drunk weird, and I'm like, right? "Let's talk about the unit circle." And they're like, "There's Jenny talking oh, about no. trigonometry again." <laughs> but I like to show people the weird beauty of it. So, yeah. you know, there's a weird there's an interesting connection and sometimes I get people really going on the math vibe. So, sometimes I think I'm like a math cheerleader. Nice. So I hated math when I all through school because every teacher that I had was horrible see and, uh, i would have been math teacher i would have been maybe that one that changed maybe i would have made you a math major 
Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> so you went to you went to school for math mm-hmm. um, and anthropology. Tell me about anthropology. Well, it's my like digging up bones. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So that's more archaeology, which is a part of anthropology. But I was more into a cultural anthropology, which is really just learning how people tick, okay. learning about you know connections, communities, relationships, and you know what makes people. Not like psychology, but more like how culture can kind of affect the minds of people, um, which I really thought was really interesting. And my whole idea with it was I was going to save the world and I was going to do all these great things. And then I realized after I got it, I was like, I could be a professor of anthropology mm-hmm. or I could, you know, be a consultant. Um, but I kind of realized that there wasn't really much in it. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to be a math teacher because I was just really... I was always, like I said, a big math nerd. Came easily to me. I was able to explain it to people. Um, so, so then I went back and and finished with math, and then I became a math teacher. So you you uh, when did you realize? Did you get a degree in, uh, in anthropology? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got my bachelor's in anthropology. Realized I didn't know what to do with it, and then I actually did a double um, a double bachelor or a, a double major. And then I got it in math and a lot of fucking school. Yeah, I also have I have an insane amount of I have a lot of degrees. I also have a teaching credential. I have a master's in education. Jesus. Um, yeah, I've I'm I'm really into the whole education. I mean, I have a master's in education. That's kind of what I do. So in all in all, in total, how long were you in school? Hmm. I mean, are we talking about from when I was in first grade, or you just mean college? From kindergarten all the way till you were finished <laughs> oh, with school. Um, I mean, I like to say I'm still in it because I'm still learning every day and I'm still yeah. teaching. But yeah. but like actually, in I would say college, probably including the masters, probably eight years. And that was you know from double bachelors to the teaching credential, which is actually it's actually a whole degree in itself. Getting a teaching credential, people are like, oh, you know, teachers they don't need to know anything. It's like no, it's like a whole graduate program to become a teacher. So you you but you don't need a teaching credential for like charter schools and shit, private schools, right? I don't actually know. That's an interesting question. I I think you might be right that it's a different cert, or you don't need to be maybe certified. But mm. I would question if they would maybe hire someone that didn't have it, but. Mm. I'm not too sure on that one. So, um, so you went to after twelve years of school. You went for another eight years after you graduated high school. Yeah, I was okay. in school for a while. How was college life for you? College life was great. Um, that's actually when I found Burning Man. I I I partied a lot in in college, but mm-hmm. I also got straight aids and stellar stellar. I did a good job, nice. um, but. I think for me, college was very, I was very, very into like revolutionary kind of making a difference in the world. So I was a part of a different social justice clubs, different, I was actually dubbed an eco-terrorist when I was, um, when I was in, when I was in community college and I actually had the FBI come to my house and interrogate me. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, at first I thought they were Mormons. Why, why, why did they interrogate you? A couple of my friends apparently, and let it be known, let it for, for the record, I was never a part of this whole plan to blow up a bridge. Uh-oh. But some people that I knew... Don't get me in trouble with the <laughs> fucking FBI. Some people that I knew decided that that was maybe a good idea, um, and they went to prison for it, and I was not a part of that, but they did come knocking on my door. And they, you, yeah, and you knew the And they people? had pictures of me. There was under, We had undercover FBI agents like hanging out with my group of friends. Oh, wait a minute. Time out, time out. <laughs> <laughs> so you better be careful. This is an exclusive story right here. <laughs> so you know motherfuckers who 
tried to blow up a bridge, but yeah. they got caught. It gets even crazier if you want to hear the whole story. Uh, yes, obviously, yes. Um, so I was hanging out with this group of friends, and uh, they were very into um, like e- environmental Earth Liberation Front (ELF). It's a it's a it's the eco terrorist group, which they do things like blow up bridges. Yeah. Um, but I was not a part of that. But I was a part of this friend group, and. There was a female that started hanging out with us. She was about 18 years old, and she was hanging out with a friend of mine. He was like 23. They traveled the country together, and um, turns out she was actually an undercover FBI agent. And wow. she used to come to my house parties. There's actually when the FBI, when they came to my house, they had pictures of me at my house doing, we were doing like James Brown, like get down. We were doing like funk lines, and there's pictures of us doing all these things. And that was really for me this like eye opener, like, all right, I got to watch who I'm hanging out with because, A, I didn't know this 18-year-old girl was an undercover FBI agent. B, my friends just went to prison for, you know, four years, and that guy ended up going to prison for 13 years. He got out, I want to say, four years ago um, because it was entrapment because she actually was the the 18-year-old girl was actually the one who whose idea it was to blow up this bridge. And so... Um, he ended up getting out for entrapment, and I believe she ended up, even years later, she ended up getting in quite a bit of trouble for that one. Who is this undercover cop? Do you know her name? I don't know her name, but you I can. I'll send name. it to you. I don't know, and I mean, I wouldn't. What I was her name in fucking college? <laughs> it was me. It was me. No. <laughs> it wasn't. Um, crazy. No, it was pretty crazy. It it really made me realize that all those TV shows you watch about like undercover FBI agents and all that that you're like, yeah. oh, that's not real. It's real. And so, um, note to everyone out there, watch what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Don't blow up a bridge. <laughs> yeah, don't, just don't blow up a bridge. I mean, it's, it's as easy as that. So, how did uh, how did you get off? Uh, I, I mean, they came to my house, and I just looked at them, and I was just like, I don't know what you want. And they were just like, obviously. You, you were just basically. Yeah, like I, was like, I, I was like, I was like, you know, quivering. Crew. I'm just like, I will never talk to them again. And mm. <laughs> they scared, the, they, they scared the, can I curse on here? Yes. They scared the shit out of me. So, okay. <laughs> now, well, now you open it up. I'm going to be cursing the whole time. Did you, did, did you not hear me curse all this time? <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> See, but like cursing for me, it just like, it, it goes in one ear and out the other. Okay. I don't even notice it. So, well, now that I know, the floodgates are open. Yeah, yeah. I, is, I, I blew up is, that dam. This is free speech <laughs> on Everyday Celebrity. Perfect. Uh, so, yeah, college was crazy for you. So, when, what year was this? Was this like in grad school or... No, that was actually when I was in community college, which is how I started out my whole college profession. And also, note to everyone, you should always do community college first. It's a cheaper way to get your gen ed. Yeah. That's, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago. I can't, I can't even, I was about to say I can't do math, but that's kind of embarrassing considering I have a math degree. But we have calculators to do that kind of thing. <laughs> What, what's, what college did you say you went to? I went to San Francisco State. San Francisco State. For okay. my graduate, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Or for my undergrad. I used to work at San Francisco State. I think we talked about this. Probably, yeah. I, used to, uh, I was in there. Um, I used to fix up all the apartments that the students, when they, when they leave, Ah. And then I would come in and like, do all the repairs and shit. And Those then, little, um, the little, the little apartments next that are what they used to be like military. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Used yeah. To be military. That whole campus used to be military. Those were terrible apartments. They were always they like moldy. Those fucking apartments <laughs> are horrible because they're fucking. They have all this old ass. So they're like old. old as fuck. No, it's bad. Yeah. And then it's, they're like starting to tear them down and like rebuild. Are they still even there? Yeah, they're still there. Oh, they're. Um, I don't work there anymore, but they. Uh, when I left, they were like in the process of like tearing them all down so they can build like high rises. 
Oh yeah, the well they have the yeah. Yeah, and they're, they want uh they basically want because you know how there's like actual people living in there, but they, San Francisco State owns all of those, but they can't kick all these people out that's been. Well, because it's there. people that aren't. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So they want to hurry up and get these people out and just have all of that housing just for students. So what do they do? Just make it really miserable for them? Like I mean, out there like I mean, drugs imagine, in the morning? Imagine or? you're like a fucking like 70 or 80 year old woman <laughs> and you're in a, you're in a building with nothing but like 18 year olds uh, like partying and shit. Yeah, so and, and they're so annoying. I was hell. one of them. I understand. Yeah. So San Francisco State was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was an all right experience. Mm-hmm. But um... But yeah, I learned a lot there. Was that your first choice school to go to? You didn't get into like Stanford and shit? You know, it's interesting. I I actually don't even remember. I think that I applied to a couple of different schools. And I'm actually a pretty like, I, I had really good grades. I'm sure I could have gotten into a bigger school. I never really applied myself. I was one of those people that was like really smart but didn't apply yeah. herself. So I was like... So whatever's easiest, I'm just going to do that, even though I had the, you know, the grades and the willpower, or I don't know, see, I guess what I didn't have was the willpower, but, um, but I wouldn't trade my experience for the world because I met some really awesome people and, and, and it made me who I am now. So are you still friends with all your college? No, not really. I have a couple, um, a couple people from college that I still like loosely keep in contact with, but actually I don't keep in contact with that many people from college. Why is that? I don't actually know. I think maybe it's because San Francisco State is a very like commuter college, so it's not very like um, it's not very community feeling. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not all about like the people that live here, and it's it's more about like you come here and you get your stuff done, you get out, yeah. or you stay in San Francisco but you just do other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I stayed in San Francisco for you know a good I don't know I don't know how long after, but um, yeah, I I I. I didn't keep in touch that well with with people from college. Did you change from high school to college? I definitely changed from high school to college. I was a much I was a much meekier, nervous person. I still get nerves, yeah. still have anxiety. Um, the wine helps. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, I used to be a lot different. I actually had a bit of uh, surgeries when I was younger. Okay. Um, I don't know if you can tell. I had a facial reconstructive facial surgery. I like what I'd be able to tell. I so. mean, I don't. I I see it, but um, yeah, like this is all titanium. Reconstructive mm-hmm. surgery in your chin. Yeah. So I had some. Actually, when those FBI agents came to my house, they felt really bad. So when I opened the door, my face was all like taped to itself. Yeah. And I could tell. I could just see the look on their face. They're like, "We are sorry for even." What happened doing to your this. chin? Like, um, so I was that? I was apparently born with a my jaw at the wrong angle. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really realize it until I was 19. I went in for braces. So the orthodontist is like, you got to come in. There's something going on here. And I was like, all right, let's check it out. And he's like, I've never seen this before, but your jaw is basically, you were born with it at the wrong angle. And so we need to, you know, break your whole face and redo it. And I was like, fuck you. You're not doing that. And lo and behold, six months later, I couldn't fit my tongue in my mouth. I couldn't talk. I couldn't eat. Don't tell me you're walking around. You know, like the dogs walk around with their tongue. I, can't, I, can't I mean, go. kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like not gonna say was, it wasn't. Like your shit was paralyzed or something. It was bad. It was. It 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 didn't fit because it went back really far. Wow. Um. So you know, I was like, break me up, and re- I was and I was kissing with a with a jaw like that. You know, it's still kind of weird because this is all numb. My whole face is numb. It's always been numb. Now. Mm-hmm. It never actually because they cut through all my nerves. Mm-hmm. So I've gotten used to it, but um, but yeah, my 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 face has always been a. a Did it affect a thing your like taste? No, it didn't affect 
inside my mouth and more just affected like the outside yeah, looks nice oh thanks <laughs> they did a good right. job yeah we should I, I should i should shout out to where did you get it go to get it i don't actually remember it was a long time ago but um they did a good job and it was a year of trauma though i had my mouth fired shut for about a year um so Kanye west totally yeah i'm like i can relate <laughs> <laughs> So when you went from high school to college, you say you grew into your uh, womanhood? You yeah. Know? Well, it was actually a lot of those experiences that helped me grow into my womanhood because a, a lot of doubting myself. But then, but then actually I, I, I went into, I don't want to just focus on all these surgeries, but my stomach actually ruptured from, um, from my stomach, from my, my face surgery. My uh-huh. mouth is wired shut and they give you a bunch of ibuprofen. Long story short, my stomach ruptured. And From so, mm-hmm. and so I went to the hospital, and um, and they told me I was going to die, and my parents had to say goodbye to me, and and wow. at that moment I remember going in and getting put under and thinking like I'm not going to live, um, and then when I woke up and I was alive again, or I I it felt like I was being reborn because it was this I'm alive and I can do what I, I can live and I can do anything, and so it really really um, and it changed who I was, which was a really interesting change. A really interesting change for me. Like before, I would have just been a very "I'll do whatever" and just like a meeky kind of nervous person. And now yeah. I'm a I'm a boss bitch. So did you become like religious or spiritual after that? No, no. I mean, I'm a I'm a more of a ma- I really yeah. I've never been a very religious spiritual person. Yeah, I mean, me neither. So you don't. Yeah, don't okay. Ashamed I'm, I'm of like well, I'm like you know I want to tread lightly uh, here. Well, I'll be blunt. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about religion. All right, good. Now, Neil, yeah. I think religion is mostly a parasitic thing that has ruined a lot of um exactly. a lot of communities and cultures. But yeah. but I came out of it just realizing the power within myself is really what it was. And mm-hmm. so you know I was like I'm gonna conquer the world. I went and I I studied art history in Paris after that. Um, I, yeah, it was beautiful. I didn't have any money, and I was just like, "Let's do it." And my parents like helped me, even though they didn't really have the money to do it either. And I realized I want to live in the city, and that's how I ended up in San Francisco. So I actually was applying to different schools, but I did this study abroad program, and I realized that I want to be in a city. And um, of the I don't schools, mean to stay in Paris to like study. The program I was doing was an international program. I didn't. I tried to learn French there. It didn't work out very well. Most of the time, I'm like, oh. Actually, everyone says the French are really rude, but if oh, you, are. I mean, okay. I, I mean, I'm, from, the, I'm from, I'm, <laughs> I'm from, I mean, I'm, it, they're not rude to me, but because I'm like used to like East Coast motherfuckers. We're like very blunt. Very so blunt. Like, yeah, like, they would say that we were like very fake. Like yeah. Californians are like, yeah, why are you just smiling at me? I'm like, yeah, it's fine, exactly. right? Um, people in Paris, they they know how to speak English, but they refuse to speak English. They're like, you're in Paris. You need to fucking speak French. Then, I'll never speak English. Even though I know how to speak English, they're like, no, you need to fucking speak French. Yeah, it's actually funny because just recently this summer, I went to Paris with uh, my boyfriend and his uncle lives there. He's, his uncle's Parisian, born and raised. Mm. It was my first time being in Paris and actually being with a Parisian. People treat you so much different. We were like going to like chef's tables and hanging out with chefs at these yeah. fancy restaurants. People are smiling at me. I'm like, French people can smile. Mm. So that's like, um, yeah, if you're going to Paris, I would say, I would recommend at least finding someone that can pretend to be your friend. <laughs> How long were you in Paris for? 
Um, when I studied abroad or recently? When I studied abroad, it was just a semester. It's so three months. So not too long. Right under the amount you would need a visa. So I think it's like 90 days is a visa. So it's yeah. like 89 days. So you recently went to Paris? And I recently went to Paris. That was just a couple of weeks. And like I just said... Just like I, on like a vacation or mm, something? Yeah. And that was super fun. So we got to stay in... Um, my boyfriend Shane, his uh, uncles, like his aunt and uncles, like flat, and mm. we got to like meet other like Parisians and just you know you just kind of like silently sit yeah. there and pretend like you know the language and people from Paris, uh, they're called Parisians. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. Mm. Well. I don't know why I was thinking Persians. Is that the same thing? <laughs> no, that's from Persia. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, America. <laughs> you just say sorry, Paris. You're, yeah, sorry, Paris. You just per- lost. Parisians. You just lost all your French. Uh... Yeah, well, fuck. I don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck about uh, that's, whatever. That's whatever. True. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Paris, where else have you been around the world? I've been to a lot of places. Um, recently, I we did a trip to Norway and we did Spain, Italy. Um, been to Amsterdam, Southeast Asia, Thailand, um, Hawaii, all over Mexico. I went sailing down in um, Panama, which is pretty fun, Bocas del Toro. Mm. Um, island hopping, a friend of mine had a catamaran, and we got to like stay in his catamaran and go and stay on his islands. I was like, living the rich life. Yeah. So that was pretty fun. Um, but yeah, I love traveling. So I travel a lot. Every little bit that I can, I travel. It's probably why I don't have a house and we're in my small apartment right now. Do you always travel with your boyfriend? Uh, yeah, recently. Well, I did Southeast Asia with a girlfriend of mine. That was really fun. Mm. Um, but usually it's us. We do big trips too. Like we, I had a whole group of friends go to Costa Rica for my birthday. We rented like a villa or the yeah. ocean. There's like 15 of us. And, you know, lots of shenanigans happened. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, you know that's that's. You want to elaborate <laughs> on shenanigans? <laughs> I don't know if I should elaborate on shenanigans, but um, it was good times. Let me just say that. Uh, how long have you and your boyfriend been together? Uh, we're going on eight years, so a long Jesus. time. I know. It's like, okay, well, I don't want to <laughs> jinx <laughs> anything, but why the fuck are you guys are not married? Do you believe let's, in marriage? Let's, let's put this on record and let's talk to him about it. I yeah. uh, I was gonna ask him to fucking uh, <laughs> to, to sit in, like one of both of you guys, but. He had to take the dog away. He had to take the dog away. Because I got a little uh, chihuahua, chihuini, I like Mm. to say. I didn't know my dog was going to be a chihuahua. I hate chihuahuas. I agree. Sorry. And that's up. No, you don't need to apologize. When we thought, so we thought, ah, are you? (laughs) (laughs) I need a dog that like matches my personality. Do you have a bulldog? I used to. Uh, I used to have a puppy. You know that they can't actually get born. They have to cut them open to like be born because their heads are too big. No oh, really? For their little yeah, Frenchy vaginas. I got them from uh, the SPCA. Oh well, I guess. Oh well, good. You you saved a Frenchie. So this did. whole we have a whole like French theme happening. We do now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, we thought my dog was going to be a corgi, mm-hmm. and you saw him. He's definitely not. He's a chihuahua. He's a chihuini. Like so how, did, how, did, how did you think your dog was going to be something? Well, it was kind of like a rescue situation. Um, we look, we were, we were, first we tried to do um, shelters and it was like a catch 22 because the shelter was like, oh, we need permission from your apartment that you can get a dog. 
And then, you know, we would Swear. talk to the people and they're like, oh, we need, you know, a writing from your landlord that it's okay for you to have a dog. And I was like, this is a shelter. Yeah, it was SPCA. And we're like, okay, so. You would think they were like, yeah. Yeah, you'd think they'd be like, go, take it. it. And so we even talked to them. We're like, can we do a video conferencing? And they're like, no. So we're like, all right, whatever. So then we started doing Craigslist and we found um, this guy in San Jose who was getting rid of a bunch of dogs. Um, He had a bunch of puppies. And apparently they were going to go to the pound. So I still feel like it's a rescue situation. Um, But... But yeah, it said on the thing it was going to be a corgi puppy. Is the reason you guys got a dog is so you won't have kids? No, I wouldn't say that. I, you know, I, maybe it's the Bay Area rubbing off on me, but having kids just seems. I mean, I'm I'm what I'm 34. I'm about to be 35. I'm 34. I'm turning 35 soon. Okay. And I guess that I'm supposed to be having that like ticking clock happening thing oh, i guess your, when i see babies are, i start to cry sometimes yeah, that your, is happening your eggs are gone already yeah. ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> scrambled them yesterday i'm joking i'm joking, I'm joking. but um, when i heard once you pass what is it 25 your eggs start to like well i think then they stop like i this is gonna sound so unscientific and i apologize to everyone but i think that you stop producing eggs and you start losing them mm. but i think they're supposed to last till you're in your Late 30s, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, my men thoughts... Are dead, men don't have to worry about that. That's the good yeah, thing. Yeah, it's really annoying. But at the same time, Shoot like... Up. my My thoughts are, if I want to have kids, I'm not going to do it because of a ticking biological clock. I'd probably rather adopt anyways because there's a lot of kids out there that need help. Would you, though? I, I really... I really, You don't want to... You don't want that, like... I mean, do I want to, like, carry, lose the sexy body? Hello? I mean, I mean, but do you want to, like, don't you want to carry your child and then see what you can produce out of your own, like, I mean, shit? man, you're making me have feelings now, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would never... I mean, adopting is good, but I would never... I you wouldn't know, do I just know myself. I would never adopt, because if, if I have a kid, I want him to be a me. I'm saying I want. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I looking like me, and I get that. Like, I get the I get like little twangs, or I don't even. I don't know the right word. I get little. um, I get little feelings where I'm like, oh, I really would like to see, you know, what a child with like me and my partner look like, or like a little me. Um, But I think also I wouldn't want to have a child until I'm like financially secure and ready, um, because I I just think that's really uncomfortable as a child to see your parents fight over. Over money well, things. Who's actually who nowadays? Who's financially ready to take care? I mean, in the Bay Area, Unless well, you're like super rich, right? which a lot of people are here in the Bay, which is it's a hard. It's, it is true. It's hard. I work at a nonprofit, so I don't make much money. Yeah. I mean, I make a decent. I'm a I'm a manager. I'm a I'm a senior. I'm a senior program manager. I'm upper management, so I make. I think I make as much as you can in a nonprofit, but it's still just scraping the bottom of of what you know my friends that are computer engineers and work for salesforce or work for google i feel like i need to get out of the bags it just depresses me every day yeah, well fuck all this baby talk yeah <laughs> uh let's talk about what you do now so you let's talk about your job yeah um, i love my job uh so what do you do again uh so i'm a senior program manager in a nonprofit that works with people with disabilities what's the name of the nonprofit? uh center for independent living okay and we're based out of Berkeley. We we came out of the disability rights movement that happened in like the seventies in Berkeley, um, and now we have offices also in Oakland and Alameda. And what I do is I oversee all of our programs. So I strategize, kind of like being like a director of operations. I oversee all operations of our of our various programs. And the programs that are my babies are youth programs, which I actually 
built from scratch and I write grants and I got the money for them and now they're actually making a tangible difference in the world and it's it's what makes me go every day. How long have you been doing that? Four years. What were you doing before? Teaching. Teaching? Mm-hmm. And you gave up teaching? I gave up teaching, yes. Do you like tutor and shit? Uh, actually, that's a funny story because in the interim, there's a couple years between teaching at a public school and the job I do now. And um, I was actually a homeschool teacher. Mm. Uh, and I homeschool taught students with different types of um, kind of traumatic, going through different kinds of trauma. So I... I you like high school students? Um, the students, one of them was high school. I taught some British twins for a while. They were uh, middle school. I taught one student. I taught him from like 10 years old to 12. And I was his everyday teacher. We actually, his dad had a bit of money and... We used to teach on top of the Transamerica building. Our classroom was the top floor of the Transamerica building. Very interesting wow. commute, especially being like, I'm my little teacher gear, and everyone else in the um, in the elevators like these suit and tie financial dudes, yeah. and they're obviously looking at me like, how did she get through security? But um, yeah, my classroom was on top of the Transamerica, so I taught some some very some very rich kids. Um, but I really I really enjoyed having that like one on one experience and really helping them get back into the school system. Um, I really enjoyed it. And then I started doing what I do now, which I still get to write curriculum. That's what my master's is in curriculum design. So I got to do that for a while. And, uh, and yeah, and now I, you know, now I work with kids with disabilities. So has any, uh, student like try to get with you and shit. Uh, when I first started teaching and so my first school that I taught at as a full-time math teacher was in Fruitvale, Oakland. And so oh, my kids, they took yeah. a picture of my butt and put it on MySpace. That's how old I am. <laughs> my butt was put on MySpace. <laughs> how, did you, how did you find this picture? Um, it was one of my, it was really cute, actually. One of the girls, she came up, she whispered it to me. And she's like, Miss Vic, your butt's on MySpace. <laughs> did you get your face, too? No, it was just my butt. And, uh, and I had people to, can recognize you just from your ass. I guess so. I, was, I stopped wearing cute. So like that was when, like when I first started teaching, and I was like wearing all these cute little teacher clothes. And yeah. and then after that, it was like polo, polo slacks, polo slacks. Because okay. I was Did like, you find out who took it. I didn't, but I have a, I got a, I got a feeling. All right. I got a feeling. Shout out to him. <laughs> <laughs> Being brave. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it was it was pretty intense actually working in Oakland. I worked at a school that. Um, it was, pretty, it was public school, so it was pretty intense. Were you working at that school that's like right by the BART station? Uh, 35th, 35th Ave. Uh, used to be Calvin Simmons, uh. United for Success Academy. Um, it was, there was a lot of, of gang violence in that area, and yeah. it was pretty, it was really hard to see some of my students going through some really hard, hard times. And they actually like initiate kids at that age, so you had kids that were in the 12 to 13, 12 to 14 range that were... And the thing that um, that I guess they were, they would do is they would have the younger kids do the really intense things because they wouldn't be arrested. Mm. And so um, I remember I there was some very intense lockdowns and there was some very intense. Um, I really got to see the struggle that my students were going through, and it, was, it really uh, hit me hard. So how do you feel about like um, Piedmont, like ha- Piedmont High School, having so much money? It's funny. And then you go to like the other inner I, city schools, and they there's like potholes everywhere. They fucking there's like middle school students 
in the same school as high school students. That's, so the like, school I taught at is middle school and high school in the same and they yeah. in the same in the same place and uh, and they were all, a lot of them are Latino and so they're really into soccer and they'd be playing soccer and asphalt, which mm-hmm. always like kind of hurt my heart because Piedmont has a fucking. I, they literally have. It looks like a their football field looks like a fucking college football it's field. insane actually shane and i were walking around piedmont there's a good dog park over there and yeah. i was like reading about how that used to be a labyrinth and then how they turned it into the um the piedmont football stadium and i was like this is really the most beautiful but anyways back to what i was saying um i work right now so i work with students with disabilities and a program that i recently launched is um a high school it's for high school students employment preparation program for high school students with disabilities and i have three cohorts we're piloting with three cohorts one of them is piedmont so i work with the special education class in piedmont one of them is um ousd transitions program which is all the students that kind of fell through the cracks in OUSD that were maybe should have been in special education, but probably could have gone farther. And so it's all the kids that fell through the cracks. So like the kids that like are really going through it, they don't even have a a school for these kids to be at. They're like trying to find places at libraries. So like the contrast is so extremely different. And when I first started this program, I was able to see the difference between the Piedmont, which like you'd go to the Piedmont special education class and they have a full kitchen and they have a full... I mean, it was beautiful, you know, and I think it's really awesome that they have that. But but it was really intense for me to see that contrast versus the OUSD contrast, which was not even having a place to be or. And and so it's interesting you bring that up because I've seen that in like my day to day right now. And it's it's it really pisses me off, actually. Um, When I was a teacher and I was working in Fruitvale and I'd work with students from like Skyline or like up in the hills, like the difference between the the different areas, even within Oakland Unified School District, was really um, it was really intense and upsetting. And that that actually was the reason I got into curriculum design was I I kind of wanted to make a difference there. And I think the industry that I got into is, um, yeah, I don't know. It's maybe I've lost a little focus there, and I'm kind of working with all of them. But I've definitely seen that contrast, and it's a very Intense thing. How do you feel about uh, the woman that Trump uh, put in charge of? Uh, what's her name? DeVos? Betsy DeVos? I mean. You, what, do you, what do you think about her? Because I think she's stupid fuck as fuck. Fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's like, let's just put a shitty person who knows nothing about education and just wants everyone to be, we should all be in charter schools because that's what the best thing is. And it's like, do you know anything that you're talking about? I want to slap that bitch. A lot of America does. Yeah. But yeah. But uh, the sad thing is, a lot of America doesn't. That is sad. But at least where we live. Yeah, I mean, California is like, I think it's in, like, it should be its own country, California, because we're so... We're so far and we're so ahead of the times and like like gay rights and like totally. fucking like the the our governor is like one of the coolest motherfuckers. Gavin Newsom. He's great. He's like, he signs all these bills that are like up to date with like what's going on in society right now. And I also like, like Jerry Brown. And then, and then you fucking go to North Carolina and they still have statues of like people who were fighting to keep slavery around, so it's um the saddest thing for me about all that is the fact that my country doesn't represent my feelings and yeah. that I don't feel like I, I I mean thank God we're in a bubble here but 
a part of me doesn't want to stay in this bubble because I don't have the money to stay in this bubble. I work at a nonprofit. It's not going to work out. Mm-hmm. And um, you have like a trillion degrees, though. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm in so much debt. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's why. That's totally why I didn't uh, continue. Uh, after my four years, I was like, I'm, I'm good. Um, I did not want to be one of those people who spending the rest of their lives paying back fucking loans and loans and all this crap. But I'm all right with it. I guess I just put on that little like auto payment and yeah. and it's freaking out and and I'm surviving and you know. But like I said, we're in my little apartment. I yeah. would like to be at a point where and I was. Shit is bigger than. It's not bad. Yeah, I mean, it's a fucking yeah. It's nice. <laughs> we have a little pool. We got a little pool out back. Uh, FYI, we are in for the people who are just listening to this. They know that I do on location interviews, and we are at Jenny's apartment. Mm-hmm. Not going to tell you the address. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of weirdos popping up, but uh, it is in Oakland, and um, yeah, that's where we're at. That's where we're doing this podcast today. But yeah, uh, should we pour up wine? Are you are you empty? I'm in. Yeah, can we? Yeah, mm-hmm. let's, let's lighten this conversation up. So let's talk about Burning Man. Burning Man, yes. Uh, so yeah, tell me about. Do you even know the hit? Do you know the history of Burning Man? Or are you just like a? Like, I mean, you know when it was boring. created, it's like old people and well, they were young then, but people had a thing at Baker's Beach in San Francisco. Oh, well, fuck that! Well, yeah, fuck yeah, that's fuck that's boring. I don't know. Original, people can Google original, that. Yeah. Google it if you're interested. So, but I can um, tell you my experience with it. Well, first of all, I want to know how. What is like? What the fuck is the process of like? Going. Yeah, of going. So it's actually kind of hard um, because there's too many people that want to go and there's not enough tickets. Okay. So because I'm a part of a camp, um, and like I said, it's kind of like you can think of a camp as like a clan. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm a part of a, a camp that has been around for a while, we get what's called directed group sales. So when tickets come around, um, it's really hard to get tickets. But if you're a part of a camp, you get a certain number of DGS, direct group sale tickets. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit easier. Um, it's expensive. So, like, a lot of people that don't really know that much about Burning Man are like, oh, you're a hippie, you go to Burning Man. I'm like, yeah, like, so what hippies are is people that don't really, I mean, I think of hippies as, like, the the bums on Hate Street or those, like, Hate Street kids that, yeah. that don't have too much money to go to Burning Man. You kind of need money or you need a community like I do that is in with the Burning Man vibe. So well, you first get, of all, how much are tickets? Around 400 Okay. For a person? Yeah. Okay. But then there's also, you get a car pass, it's another 150 um and then the whole thing itself it's all um it's all self-reliance so you have to bring all your own food all your own refrigeration all of your own they do give ice so the few things they give are you do get ice you can buy ice there the things you can buy you can buy ice and um actually that's it you can buy ice. You can buy ice. Got a bunch and, of refrigerators and they, and in the middle well, of the desert. No, they have they have like ice like tents and they have like big refrigeration trucks. Okay. Um, and they have they bring porta potties. So those are the two things that Burning Man supplies. And so you said earlier it was like a festival. It's not. I would my pushback on that is it's not a festival because even though like every DJ you think of has been there like Diplo's played on my art car, you know, but like, it's not like we're paying him and it's not like a lineup. It's like you find them or you've talked to them and you find them in this desert. That's, you know, almost as big as San Francisco. Uh, Where's this desert? At? Uh, it's in Nevada. So it's called Black Rock city and it's in Nevada. It's about five or so hours out of Reno. Um, 
Well, it depends if there's traffic uh, going to Burning Man. It's like a flat. It's flat. It's very interesting. It's 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 flat and does like saying the word desert doesn't really quite say what it is because when you walk around, it feels like you're on the moon. And what I mean by that is the um, the the consistency of the ground is kind of like chalk. So when you step, it like poofs. It's yeah, it's kind of like being on the moon. That's why everyone's so like dirty and shit. Yeah, but we don't really like you saw the bar. He you so uh, you saw my art car last week, which was covered. It's very dusty. Yeah. Um, you can't get rid of that dust. It's like this, like, it's such a fine dust that you can't, you can't mm-hmm. honestly get rid of it. The first time you breathe it in, it kind of like goes into your body. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes you look great. It like covers your skin. It's like, you don't, it's like natural sunscreen. You look great. You're all nice. soft. Um, I'm losing my track of thought though. So, so how do you get there is first you have to get a ticket, which is okay. pretty hard. Um, if you know a camp like me, you get a certain number of DGS tickets and we take care of our community. So that's the thing about Burning Man is that it's very, very much about community. So there's a lot, there's like a new like tech aid. There's a new like tech, there's new people that are coming right now. There's new people that are always coming. But um, not being a part of a community makes it much harder to go to Burning Man. So let's talk about the community. Let's talk about the community. How does one start a burning man community i don't think you can really start one i would say join you just, one you just gotta fall in yeah line. like mine's been around for you know 10 years and and you know it's constantly growing like last year we were actually like actively recruiting so we were like reaching out to people we had people joining us from boston um and so i think finding a community is a pretty important part some people go renegade renegade means you're not a part of a camp the thing about that is is as burning man is all concentric circles so you get placed if you're a camp. So like our camp would be like up in the like B or D range. This year we were actually at H, but usually we're a little closer. If you're just renegade, you're going to be out in the very back. So it takes you a good, if you're going renegade, you're not a part of a camp. Uh, it's going to take you a good 30 minutes at least to even ride to get to Esplanade. Esplanade is the middle. Esplanade is where what's called the playa actually starts. And what the playa is, is that's another word for beach. And that's kind of what it feels like. It's like a big open, it's about a couple miles across and like I think it's like five miles deep. And it's a big open space where all the art is. So that's where all the big giant art sculptures you see are. How and, did you find your camp? Uh, so I actually was one of the original founders of my camp. Um, I would say back then in 2009, I was more of a follower. So, you know, I was kind of jumped on board with this group. Of, it was a DJ collective that I was friends with. And we inherited a bus. And um, and I was like, cool, yeah, I'll be like the young chick. Yeah. And the funny thing is, like, now I'm like the old, I'm like the old crotchety leader. I mean, but like in my camp, you know, like I've got like younger, I, okay. he, he's shaking his head at me. But <laughs> it's because I'm not saying I'm old, but the like it, the, the, the comparison. Okay. I used to be like the 20-something, yeah. like young chick. Woo! care what you guys are doing but i'm here and now i'm just like you need to do work and come to work days and i'm like you know under the barge fixing the tarp covered in slugs and catch it at times so that bus that i met you on you drive that bus to burning man i've never actually driven it but i have but yes yeah we drive that bus to burning man it's always a a short prayer that we'll make it but we always do surprise um it's a 1995 converted school bus it's got a top deck um that's where all the djs go inside it's got a full bar um and there's an open back deck where people can kind of dance and party we have a massive sound system where one of the sound art cars there's not that many of those 
Uh, we used to be one of the bigger, like fancier ones, but I'd say in the past six years, they've gotten, they've gotten, I mean, some of those art cars out there are like millions of dollars. Uh, ours is, ours is called the Janky Barge. So we are the Janky Barge and it is janky. It's very homemade. And um, as I was telling you earlier, the really nice thing about it is that everyone in our group has gotten to like learn different skills from working on this. So it's like having this ongoing art project where you can learn how to be a light engineer or a sound engineer. That's yeah. where I first learned how to use a power tool. And I'm like, oh, I'm all excited. It's like, yeah, and like feeling all sexy. I've got like screws in my teeth, you know. Um, we all have power belts. We're, we're very, I mean... You see me. I'm not like a girly girl, you yeah. know. I don't. I don't do like the whole makeup thing. But I will sc- screw a screw like that's that. nice. <laughs> that's nice. That is sexy. <laughs> it is, I mean, I, it is sexy. Um, but but yeah, we've all like learned a lot, and we've learned things like you know, a couple of years ago, we our brakes went out, and it was ten thousand dollars to replace the brakes. And how do you get that money for an art car? And how we make our money is we throw parties. You went to one of them last week. Mm. Um, we're throwing, we throw them, you know, often. And so either our, our art car gets rented out, like actually it got rented out for the Warriors Parade. We got a few thousand dollars for that. Um, it's gotten rented out for uh, Gay Pride Parade. We were hoping to get that one recently. We've done Love Parade back in the day. So sometimes it gets rented out, sometimes it gets rented out as a, a festival, like stage for silent discos. Yeah. Um, and so that's how we make our money to like survive. So you you get to, you get the tickets, you get a community. You guys get to Burning Man. Now what? Make sure you set up all your stuff before the sun comes up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Why? Uh, because my first steal or something? No, because when the sun comes up, it's hot as fuck. Uh-huh. And if you don't have like your food in shade or shade set up, if you came in an RV, you're fine. But if you actually have to set something up, like if you have to set up a, a, a shade sculpture, mm-hmm. by the time the sun comes up, you're you're pretty much screwed. Um, it's a very much like like recently I've had a van, a cargo van that I have an air conditioner in. Not the air conditioner of the van, but I actually put a house air conditioner in the window, mm-hmm. and so I have a cold place to retrieve. But it is very very intense desert heat and you need to make sure that your stuff is taken care of before that sun comes up because if not your food's gonna melt and like i said there's not food out there i mean you could probably wander around and someone's gonna give you food everything's and something that a lot of people think about burning man is they think it's a barter thing it's not a barter thing you don't go up and you're like i'm gonna trade you some pebbles for you know a hot dog it's like no it's more of a giving it's a giving community so people come and they bring things to give so there's a camp that has a bunch of ramen they're going to give a bunch of ramen we have friends that are uh, funnel vision they do funnel funnel cakes Mm -hmm. and like this time during the day they give out these free funnel cakes it's all all the bars are free everything's free um but what i'm trying to say about getting ready is when you get there make sure that your stuff is together and that you are full of shade because my first year you get there and you're like, your eyes are all big and you're like, whoa, this is amazing. And you get so excited and then you go out to the playa and you realize that the sun just came up and literally in like 30 minutes, it goes from very, very cold, because that's what deserts do, very cold to scorchingly hot. And you'll find yourself like way in deep playa, which is, you know, a good couple miles away. And uh, yeah, so it can be, you know, it's intense. People die there every year. 
Um, I think this last year, the guy that passed away was something about carbon monoxide poisoning, which yeah, I don't quite I, understand. I read about that. Yeah. So, and I mean, I've been I've been next to a guy that OD'd on mushrooms, which was a really intense one. I watched. I didn't watch it, but I saw him start to do it, and he died in his girlfriend's hands. Um, I've heard about. There's orgy tents out there. Never been in one, but I've heard about them. Um, yeah, I've heard. Uh, since we're on that subject. <laughs> <laughs> So I've heard that there's like literally a tent for everything that you can think of. There's a every my, yeah. My friend said uh, it's a female that I'm talking of. She told me that she went into this tent where it was all women, and it was like a masturbation tent or something. Mm-hmm. All these women were just like laying on the ground, packed like sardines, just masturbating. Seems sweaty and weird, and, but and, I yeah. And then um, yeah, no one was allowed to like touch each other. You were just like you lay down. You masturbate. It's a f- yeah, free masturbation it. clinic. I, I mean, guess. that kind of stuff exists. There's there's orgy domes. There's math tents. There's math tents. There's math kid. Tent. There's kid oh, camp. I mean, they just sit there and do math. I want. We talked about you know the unit circle. <laughs> 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 you guys were on acid. There's a no. I wasn't. No. I, I, not not at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, there's. It's that's the thing about Burning Man is I think that people focus on the. Oh, it's all like drugs and sex, but I mean, that happens there for sure. Mm. But it's really, I think it's the most successful anarchistic free-for-all without people being total douchebags and insane. Like people aren't getting raped or attacked out there. People aren't getting mugged. You know, like that doesn't, that doesn't happen out there. But at the same time, there is, it's complete anarchy. People can do whatever they want. And for the most part, you find your tribe, you find your clan, you find your community that kind of vibes with that. Um, and you can find anything you want out there. You can find the ladies just masturbating and not talking to each other tent. You yeah. can find the like furries. Let's just have sex dressed up as like badgers tent. You can find the uh, kids camp. You can find the math tent. You can find there's a whole saloon where people have like fake gun, like have like little shoot offs. You know, there's district, which is there's like the big sound camps, which like that's where you're going to see all the big all the big DJs out there, which are like I mean, it's like a club. If a club had a bunch of fire and the most and forty thousand dollar lasers, that's what the clubs are out there. There's entire houses built, there's entire hotels built. It's it's a trip. Like when you see what people put their minds to, there's a whole Mad Max and there's a Thunderdome, people are fighting. Um you can find anything you want out there, and I think that's the beauty Is there of security it. Security out there? No. There's no security, no cops. Nope. It's all, I mean, oh, there's cops. So there's there's rangers, there's cops. Uh, you have to be very careful. There's also undercover cops. There's narcs. So with all these, all the drugs that's go, that goes on there. All like on the, the DL. You wouldn't see any of it. And if you saw any of it out there, that person's probably going to get arrested. Uh, very DL. So uh, it's like, oh, we're dancing like. Oh, I just saw him. There's porta potties. But yeah, you got to keep that su- like that that can't be out because they it's very heavily patrolled, but in like a way that isn't um, obtrusive. Yeah, I mean, is it it's like, actually almost more like for the safety of people. Is it's, it like people only uh, like share drugs with people they like came with? I'm, that type of shit. Yeah, I from my understanding of it is, I I don't think that people would share drugs with people you don't really know. Yeah. Um, I don't think people would take drugs that people don't really know. I think it's a very Drugs are almost more like a sacred thing there from what I've seen. Um, and and I think that's actually kind of how it should be. It's it's a very... 
you feel very safe with it. Sometimes you start to have like a creepo, maybe your camp or even within your camp. And like the thing that as a female having like all my like dudes around, like I have like a co- fucking community. So like yeah. if anyone even tries to like approach that or get through it, I know that my dudes and my ladies will be times a thousand like on it. I'm even getting goosebumps talking about it because it's like that feeling of community is so strong. It's unlike anything I've ever experienced. Um, and I mean, it took a while to like build that community and find it, but, but like now even we're like recruiting new people and like this year there's like, this is amazing. That feeling of like safety, mm-hmm. um, with both males and females that you get. And in general, I think that's a very general feeling of Burning Man. Does your community like do like crazy, like, I mean, it's Burning Man. Do you guys like do like, cra- Oh, today we're going to like sex parties and shit. Um, no, I think that's pretty personal. We're not like a sex camp. Um, actually I would think if you would think about janky barge in general, I would say we're a little bit more reserved. Mm -hmm. Um, like I've never been to a sex camp and I'm, yeah, but you know, some of my camp mates, like I, they'll tell me about it. Uh, they will usually go elsewhere though for that. Um, we're not so much of a sexy, we're kind of salty actually. We're like a old man salty camp. <laughs> but so, you know we can make it sexy but like our, our version of sexy is like you know me dancing on something and pointing at people and be like you wish you were me and yeah. like, <laughs> that's, that's which i think is sexy but maybe everyone else is so uh burning man just ended right it was like uh, it ended beginning of september so a little bit ago but the thing is like you were you were at a it's every year but you were at a you were at an event last weekend yeah it goes all year round and the cool thing about it is like we all have our clans and we all work together and we're all like almost a part of this like bigger team. And so, you know, we support each other with our different fundraising events. So um, you're like literally planning already for mm-hmm. to go next year. Yeah, well we have to, like money. So like I have a big art car, I've got a big bus, mm-hmm. a big double-decker bus. And we, um, we have to pay for rent. We have to pay for, you know, when our brakes went out, our, our sound equipment got stolen when you got another $10,000. Like, you know, there's shit that's expensive. It's mm. it's not cheap. And so you have to be bringing in like at least probably $20,000 a year to run a camp like that. And how do you bring in $20,000 a year? It's not so just- So you, you're telling me you need $20,000 We bring in about ten dollars to $20,000 a year, yeah. We have to, yeah. Um. How long is Burning Man? It was like a week long? It's a week long. So what I'm trying to say is like the one event yeah. isn't where it ends. It's a bigger, and especially living here in the Bay Area, it's a bigger thing. Like we mm-hmm. see our friends, you know, all the time. And it's not just friends. It's like our community. Our, and so like we're like, I'll support you and I'll go to like, you know, your like fundraising event. You can go to mine. It's like every weekend I'm going to someone's fundraising event and I'm doing something. But it's all in this like sake of community. And to me, that's the most beautiful part about it is that it's not just about this week that's why when you said festival i was like it's not a festival <laughs> it's like a it's like a community yeah and and i want to stay away from like the whole hippie thing because i know a lot of people are like it's a hippie but it's 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 not it's like smart people that are trying to learn from things and build mm-hmm. it and grow together and it's it's really beautiful actually i i i recommend it for for people that haven't gone just to kind of experience it or go to a burning man party because you can like you can get that little taste for that. Yeah. And it's pretty special. So when you uh when you in like invite people, like what's what do they have to sign? You just oh you so wanna come in our group? No, no, no. It's, it's that easy. It used to be that easy until one year we had around two hundred people in our camp and a bunch of um I'm not trying to be at all 
racist or anything, but there was this British group. I don't know if that is racist, but there's a British group, an Australian group, and they fucked everything up. The British guys were like punching people. The Austra- I don't actually don't remember. It might have been one group that was British, Australian. I'm not quite sure. This was this year? No, this was in 2012. I actually didn't oh. go this year, but I heard all about it. This was for a jinky barge. And, um, and I lost my train of thought. They're punching people, British and, <laughs> <laughs> British and uh, I think Australians. Oh, oh, how they get in the group? Uh, so, um, so we used to just be like more free for all, but after the year of the like uh, angry British Australian people punching people, mm. uh, we were like, okay, so now we have a sponsorship. So, to, in order to join our group, you have to have a sponsor, which needs to be someone that has camped with us or is a well-known. We call each other jankies. Oh, so you have to be a janky, and you have to be sponsored by a janky. And usually you can get sponsored if you come to some of our work days. We're a work camp. Um, so I don't know if you've heard the term plug and play. Nope. So plug and play is a word that's used a lot at Burning Man. And that means um, like a lot of maybe like more well-off tech people would join a plug and play, which basically you can say, I got $5,000. I don't want to do any work at all. I'm just going to give this $5,000 to you and I'm going to get there and there's going to be a whole camp set up for me. There's going to be a shift pod. There's going to be an air conditioner. There's going to be a bed. And so that's a plug and play where mm. it's plug and play. You just give them money and it happens. Burning Man, like OG burners like me, we hate that. That is not the spirit of Burning Man. Yeah. The spirit of Burning Man is more working on something, creating something and building something together as a community. Uh, so, so now we do sponsorships and sponsorship means, okay, you're a part of the community. If they come to a certain number of work days, if you like, if you want to join my camp, if you come to a certain number of work days, you'll probably get sponsored by someone because one of our people, me or someone else, can be like, "I've seen Jordan. He's working. He seems great. Yeah, you know, I can vouch for him. You have to vouch because on Playa we have shifts. You have to cover shifts because uh, we have a big giant art car that you have to have like four or five people walking around when it's going. Otherwise, people get killed and people get hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, people get pinned by art cars. People get. It's, Is that like only in like a parade or something? No, when we're when we're at Burning Man, when we go out in the oh, playa, we have to, we have to we have two people in the front and one or two people in the back, and those are our spotters. Um, we've actually been told there's a DMV at Department of Mutant Vehicles at Burning Man. They're the ones that give you your pass that says you can do um, you can take this car out there. It's safe to take out there. Yeah. And uh, they told us we were one of the safest art cars because uh, because we were the first people that started doing spotters. And now all big art cars that are a certain size have to have spotters. Mm. And it's kind of hard. I, I usually take a spotter position because I like to like strut. Yeah. yeah. But like you have to like walk, you know, the car's moving. You have to like walk next to it. Uh-huh. Um, but the point of it is when stupid idiots that are wasted try to drive by you, you can actually, this is the best part about being a spotter is when stupid idiots try to drive by you, you can grab them and say, fuck you, do you want to die? And then you throw <laughs> them off their bike. And that's, nice. <laughs> and that's kind of maybe one of the best parts of, of it. Um, it's fun to be aggressive and it's fun to yell at people, especially when people are trying to be very hippy-dippy with things and you can just be like, fuck your burn. All right. Sorry. Yeah, I'm a little excited with that one. Do you have a uh, specific store that you shop at to prepare to like buy shit for Burning Man? Amazon. All the pictures Amazon? that I see, <laughs> all the pictures that I see of like people while they dress in Burning Man, it's like mm. it's like some like some uh, Mad Max type shit. So, like, where the fuck do you, are y'all getting all? So these there's boots there's the sparkle ponies. Uh, there's actually a whole manual of different types of Burning Man people. 
Uh, sparkle ponies. I wouldn't know how to dress when I, if I got a brand. I mean, for like my camp, I would just dress what I'm wearing now. Uh, I've got my little like onesies, I guess, that I wear out, but they're more like lion onesies or. Yeah. Uh, it's more about comfort than anything. You will go to certain camps. I don't understand how some of these ladies do it. They'll be wearing like this whole leather strap yeah, thing, and and they'll be wearing a wig, and they're in like platforms. And I actually don't understand. I think they probably only walk like five feet, and then they probably go back home because you're in the desert and it's hot. And if you're an old school burner, you're gonna look at those people and be like, "What are you doing?" Because old school burners like me are gonna are going to be in the comfortable. I mean, we're probably going to have some drill like bits in our pocket. So it, it, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's cute and all it's cute. Like, and if you go to Burning Man parties, like it's fun to dress up and do all that. But when you're actually at Burning Man, at least for me personally, I give much more mad respect to the, to the people that I see like in working and working attire. Cause it's working. It's a lot of work and it's hard and it's hot. And people get dehydrated and die, so it's it's good to, if you know what you're doing, you're gonna be you're gonna be in like a cute, but like breezy, white, you know. But you yeah. won't you won't be in a, a leather bondage thing unless you're just going like two blocks away and and going to your, whatever, puppy dog sex camp. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you been to Burning Man? It's been my tenth year. 10 years yeah jesus christ my first year was 07 so your first time at burning mad what's what's the worst thing that happened there? was me not setting up in the beginning okay i got there and i was it with the same group that you no it was a group that none of us had ever been mm. i haven't even talked to any of these people in years um and we got there and the sun was just starting to rise and we're like we're gonna ride out to the playa and we may or may not have eaten that said and <laughs> and then we end up on the playa and um and all of a sudden you realize the sun's up and you're like, Well, it's amazing and then all of a sudden you're like, It's hot and you realize that your camp is a good forty minute bike ride away and and all of our food's melting. All of our food did melt. Um we didn't have a a, a sculpt we didn't have anything set up and mm-hmm. it was a very big learning experience for me. Uh I learned not to do that again. Although I will say the next year I went, all my food also melted. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go with it's the same like a people? Couple years. No, that was the, actually I guess it was the third year. The third year that I went was the first year of Janky Barge. And um, I was with a friend of mine, Chelsea, and we we just got excited and we forgot that we just, I don't know. So that's my best word of advice. Make sure your cooler is, because I've done it now twice, make sure your cooler is in the shade because otherwise, if your food's gone, you're, you're what type fed. of food did you were you bringing like beef jerky and shit? So I've I've learned the pro t- I've learned the pro tip. So back in the days to do like, actually my first year I was a raw vegan. So I used to be a oh I used God. to be a big hippie. I, yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't have even opened vegan, that can of worms. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, my first year I was I was a I was in college actually at the time, and I was a I was kind of more hippie then. And I was a raw vegan, and it was terrible. Since then, it's all been about chili. Um, what I do now is I make a bunch of meals ahead of time. So I make like casserole, I make chili, I make stew, and then I get a vacuum sealer and I freeze individual packets, mm-hmm. and I freeze them, 
And then when you take them to Burning Man, you put it just in a thing of water. Kind of like, you know, when you go to Trader Joe's and you've got those little Indian food packets that you can just put in boiling water. You've never done that? No. I'm sure everyone else here knows. (laughs) (laughs) And you Um, just let the sun cook it? No, no, no. You put it in boiling water and it doesn't ruin it, but it just warms it. And then you just open the top and you can eat out of it. So that's what I do. But I make all these home cooked meals. Mm -hmm. So then when I put the, when I put, so it's a little vacuum sealed package. Yeah. And then it's frozen. First of all, it keeps all my food frozen because it's all frozen stuff. So it stays good all week. Yeah. Uh, Second of all, you just put it, you don't have to dirty any dishes, which is very difficult at Burning Man, um, trying to clean dishes and do all that because you're not supposed to let any water touch the ground. Uh, so, or you're not supposed to, no gray water, nothing, you're not supposed to, it's a leave no trace event, so nothing's really supposed to end up on the ground. Uh, so when you're just boiling a bag of food, and then it comes out, you just cut the top, and you can use your spoon, and you can have, like I've been doing, um, you know like a chicken broccoli casserole? Like a chicken broccoli cheesy casserole, rice? Sounds disgusting. No, it's delicious! Chicken and broccoli casserole? Uh, What's good to you? I have the worst diet, so we don't want to talk about it. I'm like corn dogs, pizza, and tacos. That's what I eat. Well, we did do we did do franks and beans this year. So we froze a bunch of franks and beans as individual packs. That sounds pork and beans. I fuck with pork and beans. See? All right. All right. All right. So you're feeling me. So you make some pork and beans, but the thing is you put it in an individual, so a vacuum sealer. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. So you make an individual package in a vacuum sealer mm-hmm. that you freeze, and then you put it in the boiling water, and you just cut the top, and all you have to dirty is a spoon. Okay. And then you can throw that away. And so that's the pro tip is you can have home-cooked meals, you can home-cooked casseroles, you can have lasagna. I mean, but if you have an RV, you got like a stove and shit in there you can cook, right? Yeah, but there's no plug-in, so how are you going to make it last? I mean, uh, RVs yeah. have their whole own. Most of the people that I've seen that have gone RVs in RVs. have generators on them. Yeah, mostly. the thing that I think people with RVs fuck up about is they get really excited about the fact they have a toilet right there, even though they have a but toilet, you, yeah. even though they have a toilet half a block away. Yeah. They have a toilet there, and they overuse it, and there's no way to dump it. So most people I've seen with RVs, it ends up smelling like, like bad. But I'm pretty sure there's somebody out there who just dumps it on the fucking ground, no? Got it. People are that like... Uh, that is, if, if you did that, first of all, you'd get a major fine. Uh, you're telling me all these drunk people who are drunk high on drugs or be, and with an RV full of shit, they're like... Oh, let's just you know, this year, this year at Burning Man, because we care about the desert. This so year at much. Burning Man, we got the most green footprint that we've had every year at Burning Man, which which means in a leave no trace. That means so leave no trace means literally leave no trace. So if you pee on the play, you're gonna get a ticket. You can't pee, and you know what I mean when I say play. That's the out. That's the flat. That's the flat desert out there. Uh, okay. If you get caught peeing on the playa, it's actually indecent exposure. You can get a major ticket. So you don't want to do that. But people do it very carefully, but I would not recommend it. Okay, uh, you shouldn't. You don't pee on. I'd pile. probably be. No, You're not I'll, even supposed I'm not to say ru- that because I don't want to ruin my sponsorship. Yeah, I know. Get to- <laughs> <laughs> right, continue. No, um, pee no peeing on the playa. All right. You can actually get a major ticket for it. Uh, also, like showers, people make evaporation pools. Yeah, we're, yeah, showers. Where the fuck are the showers at on the desert? Uh, so, so I'm a big fan of showering out there. I didn't learn this until my maybe last four or five years. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really like to get. You see my hair. I have I have big curly hair. That nice. Everyone's out there, and it, it gets really gross Very out there. Jewish. So, <laughs> damn it! I wish I've always wanted a Jewish wedding. Um, so, so. Um, 
So if you want to shower out there, you can make an outdoor shower, but you have to make an evap pool. An evap pool is an evaporation pool. So basically, it's a tarp that you put like wood on the side, so it makes a little like tarp pool. And then you do your shower above it so that it evaporates. Other things you can do. No, wait, 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 wait. When you say shower above, are you just like holding a jug of water, just pouring it on yourself? No, I've had we've we've brought a full on bath bottom, a bath to a shower, like a, a like a bathtub essentially, and we have one of those um, like a camping shower, and then underneath the drain in the uh, in the bathtub is like a little funnel, and it goes to a like a a jug. Mm. And you can also, you can do um, gray water pickup at your camp. Costs a little bit more money. Usually people bring home their own gray water. The whole like leave no trace thing is anything that you bring, you take with you. So any kind of gray water that you get from showering, you cap it and you put it back in your car. Um, I've also, what I've done recently is I will, for me, like I don't really need a full shower because there's something interesting that happens at Burning Man. You don't really get gross. You don't really get smelly. You just get covered in dust. And it's this dust that makes your skin like beautiful and soft. Uh, but I like to wash my hair because, like I said, it gets gross. So I will do it over a bucket, and then I will pour the bucket with a with a um, cylinder over a like a like a bottle, like a one of those jugs yeah. you get from the store. And then you just take home the gray water. But like you actually have to take home your gray water. That sounds complicated as fuck. It is complicated. I mean, even explaining so it, I'm like, really like people, people listening to this, like, like I apologize for trying to explain this. <laughs> so shower, like people are not out there like showering all the time. No, most people shower. Oh. You just figure it out how to do it. Okay. Oh well, okay. I shouldn't say most people shower. Most people I know shower because I hang out with a bunch of more seasoned burners. Yeah. And we know how to do it. We know how to freeze our food, and we know how to. You know, take a shower with and like end it being up in like a five in a one gallon, a one gallon crystal geyser bucket. Mm-hmm. Um, some people don't know how to do that, but I will say like even people that come nowadays, uh, people know that you're not supposed to. Don't fuck with the playa, <laughs> because because the because if if we didn't get like a green from um, BLM, which is the the people that oversee like if burning man can continue to happen it's the the government agency that says like you're fucking up this like very fragile ecosystem because the ecosystem that is there is very unique it's very fragile i think it's like a dead seabed or something mm-hmm. um which is why it's like dusty and weird mm-hmm. um if we fuck it up we won't be able to come back and everyone respects that and that's the thing that's really cool is how fucked up people get and how crazy it is out there and how anarchist and how free it is everyone kind of has the same mentality of we want this to keep going so we're going to work together to not fuck it up and that's a pretty cool thing i have seen a couple storms there and that's crazy like rain snarfs rain snorfs (laughs) did i say that rain storms um yeah you're talking about like dust storms no well the dust storms are very normal Okay. So the dust storms, the dust storms are crazy. They're like it feels like a tornado, and you see it coming from a distance, and you get ready. They're actually really fun, especially if you're at a bar, because like you see it coming, and like everyone. So like everywhere you go, you have to have goggles and a dust mask because yep. anytime a dust storm can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, so it's okay. Uh, no, no, no. Do you recommend bringing a bike? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. So what if you don't have a bike? That sucks. Get on an art car. But it'll make you get on art cars. 
And all art, art car- cars. That's like my art car. Okay. So, so art cars are just like cars that drive people around. Mm-hmm. And okay. and every art car is actually needs to let you run unless they're at full capacity. Yeah, okay. They're not VIP. But back to the storms. Yes. So dust storms are very normal. Um, they're like wind storms. But I think that a lot of people are probably thinking right now like a dust devil. This is like like if a tornado was the size of like a massive storm mm-hmm. and it's like when it comes, it's like, have you seen those videos of like the desert and like Africa or something where it's just like, and it's like coming up and it's like, you see yeah. people in like camels getting eaten. Yeah, yeah. That's what, a, that's what a dust storm is like. And you see it and it's the craziest shit I've ever seen. I've been like on top of giant art sculptures. Just, I've been building. I'm like, got like, you know, like a nail hanging on my teeth and you see it coming and you're like, what the fuck? And you just like, everyone jumps down. You start writing. You start fucking writing for your life. And then it just like comes up behind you. And people get like, like your friends left and right. And like blown over. And you're just like, ah. It's, yeah. it's I mean, legit goosebumps. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, 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 it's the most awesome and kind of the most scary thing. Because there's this power with these dust storms that are... I just want to make sure that everyone knows that a dust storm is not a dust devil. It is like this, like, tornado, not even like going to the sky. It's more like this, like, oh, it's like a, the earth eating you sort of thing. Um, but the like storm. Like an avalanche. Like an avalanche. But with dust. Boom. That is exactly nice. what it's like. That shout is exactly out, what it's shout like. Shout out to me for <laughs> dumbing it down for you dummies. Damn. I'm joking, I'm joking. No, Jordan's got it. it that, that is what it feels like because you can almost like hear it mm. and you can like feel it and it, and it's, uh, it eats everything in its path. Um, if you get eaten by it, you just need to like stop moving. But that's why everyone has like masks and goggles and everything. And that's why you always want to have it on you because that can happen anytime. Yeah. But the actual, um, I've been in lightning storms and rainstorms out there and that's crazy there was one morning where we came out and there was a bunch of lightning around us and our hair started, like I have long hair, you see it. My hair was sticking straight up and we were like, we thought it was funny. There's a bunch of pictures actually. We're like, oh, look, this is funny. Your hair is sticking straight up. Oh. We found out later that, I guess I didn't know how um, lightning works and how it works is energy from the, from the ground and the skies that like meet. Uh-huh. And so when your hair's sticking straight up, it's the energy from the ground trying to find the energy above. So when your hair's sticking up, that is a telltale sign you're about to get struck by lightning. And you're supposed to run and find find somewhere. And so when that Did happened, we didn't know, but uh, one of our neighbors got struck by lightning. Actually, multiple people that year got stru- multiple people that year got struck by lightning, which is kind of a trip. Uh, one of these guys showed us he had a, a scar from it, and it looks like... Um, It looks like a tree. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It looks like a bunch of roots, and it's like actually a beautiful scar, and it's kind of crazy. But um, I heard your IQ goes up a little bit when you get struck by lightning. I mean, I imagine. That's what uh, John Travolta said. Whatever movie that was. So yeah, uh, so dust storms. You're in. You're in uh, Burning Man. So you're there. Everything is cool. You had fun. did you run into any uh famous people the whole all these years? Susan Sarandon was camped next to my friends one year. Susan Sarandon. Yeah, man. Fuck. I wish I was 
<laughs> Shia LaBeouf tried to camp with our camp on here. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, he's all cool now, but. And you we, denied him? Because he's weird. <laughs> when he what? said it was weird. Yeah. What he said was weird? Uh, I say? actually, and I actually, that was one of the years that I wasn't as much a part of. I more heard about that. But mm. um, yeah, no, there's, there's celebrities out there. I heard Paris Elton's out there. I mean, it makes sense there's celebrities out there. Yeah, but they're not like out there like they're, camping they're, like y'all. They're having a plug and play. They, they have. Well, I heard Susan Sarandon had like a whole like orchestra with her, and that sounded yeah, pretty cool. Uh, also, Susan, they're probably in like Susan hotels Sarandon and sucking like dope you know, as fuck. <laughs> Susan Sarandon. <laughs> I'm down with that. Um, didn't know she was still alive. Yeah, <laughs> apparently she's alive. She's a Burning Man. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, a bunch of people, famous, famous people, go out there. Um, I've ne- wasn't Puff Daddy out there, P Diddy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think they've all kind of parasol. I think they've all they've all yeah. Do their social media. I'm at Burning Man. I think and they then like they fly back. I was supposed to. So there's hotels. an airport. So there's an airport at Burning Man that you can go into. Um, it's so like Burning Man's like a city, yeah. right? It's it's not that much smaller than San Francisco actually, and and there's a whole little airport. Um. Yeah, it's it's a trip, dude. It's a trip how how much of a thing it is for one week. But so, then like I said, it's extended beyond that in, in ways that are more like community based. Alright, so the end everything is dying down. It's it comes to the end of Burning Man. What uh like what's the process of like leaving Burning Man? It's terrible. <laughs> like fart traffic. Yeah. So it's called Exodus. Uh-huh. Uh, I usually try to leave Sunday. Well, I'm. <clears throat> I'm not gonna say this so people don't know my Exodus strategy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but beans. but it it, it's gonna range from 45 minutes, 45 minutes, which is what I usually do, to uh, 20 hours. And just to just, just to, to leave. Yeah. Now is this what day? What day do they start burning everything? Like all the shit that's the whole been time. Built, like, they burn the whole time. I would say that Friday is when they start burning the big stuff. Mm-hmm. So usually what happens is the whole week they're burning things. So the whole week you've got like and something I didn't really say earlier is that um a big thing of Burning Man is making fun of ourselves and making fun of people. It's very much uh a joking around, don't take yourself seriously sort of thing. So this past year there was a what was called the Temple of Brad. And it was a three-story tall, very, very well-structured temple. And it was all dedicated to Brad Pitt. <laughs> but like, but like, in like a very stupid joking way. It wasn't like people actually... What did it look like? Like, it was a really like sexy, nice, like three-story tall pyramid. But you go in and there's all these pictures of Brad Pitt everywhere. Uh-huh. Um, and, and you'd go in and there's people like chanting, Temple of Brad temple of (laughs) like people are really dedicated like it's like trolling it's like it's like trolling times a thousand Mm. so it's very snarky very salty very trolly so if you're like a like happy dappy like hippie person it's probably not the place for you because you're gonna get trolled the fuck out of you like we will tear you apart you have to be a strong you have to be strong yeah um I forgot what I was going with this. Oh, so that that burnt like early on. So like some things like that will burn at certain times. There's usually a one or two big sculptures that will burn on Friday. 
And those are usually like people know about it. So like when, when people know about a structure burning, it's like, oh, you know, like this year was the folly. The folly was beautiful. It was, um, I, I honestly don't know how to explain it. It was, um, it was like a four-story tall, multifaceted, made by 12 different artists. Every room was a different thing. It was like planks. And it was like if a pirate, it was like a pirate castle is all I can really explain about it. Okay. Um, but that burned on Friday. So like there's usually big things burn on, on Friday. Um, and the fun thing about that is all the art cars go to it. So during burn night, so burn night's Saturday. Burn night's when the man burns. Nothing else is supposed to burn that night. That's the man burn. And that's like the guy that like, you know, puts it, that's the whole burning man, you know, mm-hmm. man burns. Um, so when he burns, no one else is supposed to burn. And, the thing about when the man burns is all the art cars. And now, like my first year, there was probably a hundred art cars, maybe a little more than that. Now there's like hundreds and you make this perimeter around it. And it's like thousands of people in this perimeter on this one thing. And that's like got this energy in itself. You look around, you see all these, like, I don't, you like walk the perimeter and you just like see all these different art cars that people have done. Like you saw Janky Bar, just like that's just one of a few hundred. And there's these giant, and like some of them are like multi million dollar, like super beast art cars with like sound systems that are ridiculous or fuzzy things or like every, these art cars get really crazy and they're all different little themes. Yeah. So Bernie Man, you know, there's the man and there's all these art cars. But um, on Friday night, there's another like smaller burn, but all the art cars come to that too. So it's like the pre-burn art car gathering. It's a gathering is what it feels like. You can, you, and you see all your friends. And that's the cool thing about Burning Man is I've worked with these people for a long time. So you go around and you're like, there's Dusty Rhino, there's Pink Mammoth. Oh, hey guys. You know, you like know all your friends and you're like, I haven't seen you. Like you haven't seen them for a year or since yeah. you worked on this last like, one event that you did together fundraiser and so it's like you really get to like know these people in uh in more of a a way than than i think um other people that don't have a burning man community experience and that's the really cool thing about burning man why didn't you go last year uh i did I go. Mean, not last year but why didn't you go this recent one uh the uh, last time so i've been on a year on year off the past couple years i haven't been good about it because i keep going because i like it but uh, the last time I didn't go, I mean, really, it's because of all of the energy it takes before. When I'm going to Burning Man because I run a camp, mm-hmm. I um, this the summer before every weekend is dedicated to Janky Barge, and I like to go camping and I like to go hiking and I like to go visit my family and I yeah. can't do that when I'm when I'm leading a camp. Mm-hmm. So to keep my sanity, I I try to do one year on, one year off. Or at least recently, I've been trying to. So you're um, going next year? No, I'm not. I did. I went this year. Oh, you went this year. Yeah. I don't want to go next year. Oh, you're not going next year. Okay. Well, I guess I'm not going next year either. No, dude. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> take my place. All right. Well, anyway, uh, so Burning Man is every year in the same time, September in September. Burning Year is every time, same time, September, but. It's also all year round, and I would invite anyone that wants to be a part of a Burning Man community, reach out, you know, find your local Burning Man 
crew. We're freaks. We're weird. We're underground. We're really great. Um, we're very approachable sometimes. When is the next uh, event that you guys are throwing? We it's have one December. Tell, yeah, tell the people so you can get people to come and donate to this. Well, we have one bus. December 7th, but it's a, it's an underground, but I think we're going to do a Kickstarter this year, mm-hmm. um, which means I really would like it if y'all want to maybe do- donate a little bit of money. Um, do you have like a GoFundMe or something? Yeah, I wish that I had it set up right now so I could tell you about it, but I don't. Jesus. <laughs> Like, I know. There's like a hundred thousand people <laughs> listening to this no! right now. Oh, oh, um, I will send it. I will send it to all of you. But if you're interested in Burning Man, like definitely feel free to reach out. Um, I would love to tell you more about it. We are. How will they reach out to you? I don't know. You'll tell them, right? No, you're gonna tell. Well, them. Shit. You, you, you gotta right? tell them right now. Like, how can people like? All right. Find if you, you want to reach out to me, if you want to reach out to Janky Barge, just I'm going Facebook. Is that fine? I feel bad about it. Facebook Janky Barge. Uh. J-A-N-K-Y-B-A-R-G-E. And that's a Facebook. That's mm-hmm. your guys' Facebook page? If you go on our Facebook page, you'll find us. Do you have and an Instagram page? I don't for know. For Barge? I don't know. Oh, my God. This is a horrible <laughs> ambassador. <laughs> Janky Barge, y'all need to fucking talk to this girl. No, wait. <laughs> I actually don't think we do have an Instagram. No? No. I think we only have a Facebook because it, yeah, okay. we don't. So... Yeah, find me on Facebook, Janky Barge, the Janky Barge or Janky Barge, and um, I think it's just Janky Barge. And if you reach out, I will be the one receiving that or one of my colleagues. And, and the Janky Barge is, is like if someone wants to. If you want a good camp and you're solid, and you want to come to work days and you want to work your ass off and you don't want to just give me a bunch of money to come to Burning Man because I will shun you if you do that. And that's where they find like where all the your guys' parties and shit are. Mm-hmm. That's and where we, yeah, we got we got a lot of parties. So come to our parties, come to our work days, come check it out. I would love to meet you as long as you're cool. Do you want to give your personal Instagram and information? No, no. Yeah, sure. Fickety fick. If you want my personal. Fickety. Okay. No one knows how to spell figgity fick. F I C K. Yes, that's how I spell my name. When I went to Germany, they were really worried about the fact that my last name is Fick, which mm. apparently means fuck in German. <laughs> I didn't know that. I know. That's I didn't know that either until the eighteen year old kid at the at the store after I got at a club at three AM was like, Ha your last name's Fick. Anyways, so uh Fickety Fick, F I C K E T Y f-i-c-k all right so everyone out there in the world uh if you're interested in burning man like me never been before you just want some information fucking listen to this episode that's where you get all your information from but if this doesn't satisfy you you can reach out to jenny she is an amazing teacher Artist, fashion, icon, wine, connoisseur, <laughs> and a whole bunch of shit. But she knows a lot about Burning Man. She's a 10-year vet. Uh, that's the reason she's on the podcast. Uh, she schooled me a lot about what the fuck goes on there. I'm definitely going to try to get on this goddamn bus next year. Yes, and yeah, her Instagram is figgity fick. I don't know how to spell it, but just rewind. 
and listen. <laughs> and the bus, uh, Insta, uh, the Facebook. What was the Facebook again? Janky Barge. Janky Barge. So reach out to them. Yeah, and this is Everyday Celebrity. This is the end of this show. And we out. You you want you get any last words? No, just thanks, y'all. Thanks for listening, and I hope to see you out on the playa. All right, you. Whoop.